This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. intro to like this is the Coughlin Brothers Mortuary. Thank you for calling us in your time of need. Uh, does anybody know what that's from? No, but you did actually just do that as the intro. Thank you. Uh, Ferris Bueller when oh, yeah, first yeah. Oh, yeah. they try to yeah. get the phone number from Sloan and then the, the secretary got it and then Cameron does the voice. Okay. Welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast. This is episode 255 because I, as we're recording this, 254 hasn't come out because that's part two of the Rick Radcliffe's Cliff saga of him tracking his WRX, which will be out sometime. To, well, tomorrow. No, this one comes okay. out a week later. Um, well, I, we I can, can't leave people hangling you, on the dangling on the Rick Radcliffe stuff. You can call it the Rick Radcliffe. Just like it's just clicking. On Rick Radcliffe bait. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so we have guests. Well, first we're in the studio. Hi, Chris. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. My house is slightly less uh, less of a mess now. I'm kind of moved in. It's, we're getting there. Studio sometime in July. Yes. There's some set dressing and, uh, and acoustic treatment and all that stuff to do. You should come to my house right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, just baby stuff yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it's just everywhere. There, that's the voice of Jonathan Klein. Hello. Hi, Jonathan Klein. And then we have Mr. Patrick Costello joining us once again. Hey there. Uh, Patrick was at, on one of the Four Sons episodes when we enjoyed delicious pizza and beer, and uh, we had a good talk about lots of fun TV and the automotive world of automotive television landscape. Is that just a conversation about doom and gloom from everything else we've been talking about with TV? Pretty much every industry when you talk to people, you think like, it's funny, you're in your own head and you're in your own head about your own industry and John, as a freelancer, you know exactly what I'm oh, saying. Yep. Like everything sucks oh, yeah. until it doesn't and then someone's like, yeah, I'll give you 1500 to write. You're like, oh my God, thank this month thank is you picking up. Everything else is 20 bucks a post and, and it's mm-hmm. <laughs> so but then you talk to people in other industries or even those higher up. And I'll get into this in a little bit because I had an interesting conversation today with another television producer um, higher up today. Uh, you, you, even at the higher levels, they're like, fuck, shit sucks right now. <laughs> so it's just funny to hear that. Um, but we don't have to go fully into all of that yet because, like I said, we're diving back into the way this podcast started because I like to bring back some of the structure. For a while there, we were running free and loose with the format, and it yeah, they, I don't think we had bad episodes. I mean, I'm sure we had bad episodes. Oh but, yeah, undoubtedly <laughs> terrible episodes. We have people tell us we have that, and they oh, can go fuck themselves. When, no, they, no, they're right. When, when we have structure, <laughs> it flows. So it's, it's worth every cent you guys pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of these people do. That um, is true, and the, and that they are true. the best they ones, are as I always say. Than everyone and else. Th- thank yeah. you, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're going to dive into. So, well, first, first, most important bit. Jonathan brought beer. I did. Tell us about it. Uh, Sierra Nevada. It's called Bigfoot. I think it's a barley wine style ale. It's nine point six percent. It's quite good. <laughs> and barley wine's tough, man. Yeah. So there's two types of beer. I like it. That so barley wine. The last time I tried it was years ago, and I just wasn't into it. This is I, my my palates and my liver have evolved to the point where oh yeah, I can just drink this as it is. But the, I remember years ago, the first time I took a sip of barley wine, I was like, whoa, oh, that's yeah. intense. 
I didn't notice the booze in it. <laughs> you will. Yeah, that's yeah. the only there's there's like one style of beer now that I just I can't I never enjoy. Sours. Nope, I love sours. Fucking love sours. Um, it's Scottish red ales because it's always the alcohol in them is so present. Like it's almost like a point of pride. It's like that that fusel alcohol flavor is just like, ha, ha, look, it, like if you don't like it, like oh you're a wee pussy. Like it's I don't know. There's something about the Scottish red ale where I'm like, it's so alcohol forward, and I don't have a problem with alcohol. Well, I have just to pose that. Is it better to be a wee pussy or a big pussy? Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, all right. So maybe maybe I'm doing it right then. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. See, maybe you're the best for, kind of pussy. You're, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe that's actually a compliment because nobody wants the big one. No. I mean, some guys might. Uh, yeah, then you know what? Jim Norton. If you're on your way out, you want the big one. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you for the beer. Welcome. Um, we're going to dive into news now. We've only got three bullet points on the news tonight because I wanted to keep it easy for Patrick because he gets nervous on these. Let's do this. <laughs> so first up, this is an easy one. Volkswagen fucking crushed it at Pikes Peak. They shattered. They didn't just shatter the EV record. That like they obliterated that by yeah. uh, about a minute. Sub nine minutes. Keep going. Sub eight. Oh, sub eight. Seven fifty-seven. Oh, the shit. prior record overall was eight thirteen. I Which think the Sebastian EV record Loeb. was eight fifty-seven. Who was so driving? Some, um, uh, Romain Dumas. Who okay. can fucking wheel everything? Um, he's amazing. He did it in the Volkswagen IDR race car, seven fifty-seven. But he beat Seb Loeb. Did you see any of the um, just in like his like Instagram cell phone videos of the car in passing certain corners? Yeah. Oh yeah, and the Peugeot was gnarly. And it's crazy because that car needs the Peugeot, the internal combustion gas engine, needs so much horsepower and turbocharging to compensate for elevation air. This car has way less horsepower. But it, it, their TV. focus was um, lightness because batteries are so heavy. Oh, God, yeah. And aero, like extreme aero. They said well, if they ran this car at sea level, they'd have to back off the aero because it's just too, it'd be so much drag. Well, and there's the other factors, too, of, mm-hmm. of the, the drivetrain. As it turns out, electrons don't give a shit about altitude. Yeah. That's uh, perfect. So you never lose any horsepower. Pikes Peak is going to up. be an EV playground from here and on. And you out. don't spend time shifting mm-hmm. either. There no, is, there is no shifting. Period. I have, I have something to add here. Uh, <laughs> he looked something a, up. Uh, a, no, no, a friend of mine is actually. Uh, I, I, I was tracking this because a friend of mine built a uh, oh, purpose-built right. Pikes Peak car, right. the NVA chassis 001, um, and it went up last year, got second place, but they're really just working out the kinks, uh, and it was driven by second the former class? Stig. No, second and unlimited. The second, oh, second overall. And they were second in totally purpose-built Pikes Peak car. Uh, the second... Um, Wait, the NVA? Second or, like yeah. the twin-turbocharged V8? Yeah, the NVA. Mm. And it was driven by the former Stig, uh, Paul Gerard. And he sold it. He's working on uh, Chessie 002 now, doing all the, 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 the fiber work. It was supposed to go up Pikes Peak this year, but in the Not testing done? period, um, they blew the engine and the car caught fire. Oh, shit. So it was... Just a real gut punch to them. And I mean, as a fan, and, and I'm pull, really pulling for uh, this builder out of Michigan, uh, Is Cody, it Cody Loveland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love that guy. Super talented. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because there's, uh, I don't know how much we can say about the first car um, production wise, like what you were working on with that. There was supposed to be something there. 
we were we were shopping. talking. We were we, we can were, say this. Yeah, yeah. We were we were talking about there's trying to get a show going projects, about yeah. documenting that the yeah. first car. Yeah. Um. So yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it looked amazing. I didn't know they finished second. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um. Wow. And they 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 had some they had a problem with the car. Else they would it would have been a first. I mean they they were there are times they they could have blown everybody out of the water. But they had they had. The testing of the first car, I still love, like, all the videos that they uploaded. I mean, they were running it in the snow. They were running it in the rain. I think you are on the same pain. It's like like as if if Scarbo got into hill climb. Yeah, (laughs) Um, totally. So... Oh, have you... Have you? Do you know about his his next project, Joe? I think we talked about it last time. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah it's so be a monster. the uh, the IDR race car, since it's electric, it had this crazy thing where it had a 120 decibel siren, mm-hmm. so you could hear it coming, and it had to be that loud because the car's moving that fast. Well, and not just for people, for animals and shit too. Yeah. Um, and then there's this crazy rule. So like, if a gas engine car breaks down, but is still like can be fixed. You have 20 minutes to get it back to the start and go for another go or something like that. How do you do that in an EV? They developed a way to fast charge it, which I think we touched on um, two episodes ago, or maybe even last episode with Rick, but it's they fully de- charged in 20 minutes. Yeah. And, and by the time he's crossing the line, it's out of juice. Yeah. Well, and it's the easiest way to do that is just to make a modular battery pack. They, uh, I don't think that's I what they did that's though. That's what they did. They I have a charging system. charging system. Yeah. Like a You're DC, right. some type of DC charging system. Yeah. What they probably have is it's probably a capacitor, largely a capacitor-based battery instead of So it just holds a storage lithium. and goes jam? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's called the supercapacitor. Um, super. Um, what the fuck else was I just going to say? Oh, so they, the, the, the light, the adding lightness went so extreme in this where his suit, most of the, um, the sponsor shit was, um, it wasn't sewn on patches. It was like drawn on. To save weight, except the big Pikes Peak thing is required to be this giant patch. They were like kind of pissed about that, but he said it's the lightest race suit he's ever worn. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the the weight is like twenty four hundred pounds with driver well, or something. That's wow. if we're talking about an electric car. There's little to no risk of fire, so you could just mm, send you could it. puncture a battery pack, and those can definitely catch fire, as Tesla has proven. <laughs> Yeah, but that's any. You know, what's funny is like I had a, a, you know somebody come up to me the other day. Did you hear about the Tesla burning ground? And I'm like, did you hear about the nine thousand other cars last week that burned to the no, ground? No, but your point was that EVs it's, are it's much lower right. risk. But much. at the same time, you you have that cascade effect. If you do puncture one of the the battery cells, that fires can keep going for yes. days and days and days, which is what happened <laughs> well, to the Rimac. Not da- that's. That's and exactly what also about. happened to a bunch of Teslas. By the way, speaking of Rimmick, I feel I feel so happy for that company because the owner seems like a really good guy who followed his dreams, and he just sold what ten percent stake to Porsche, and, yep. and I mean, and uh, Aston Martin's doing shit with them, and he is going Koenigsegg. to be the supplier yeah. for the highest level of EV performance. So, I mean, he just what seems is like the a good exact guy. thing that makes this car special. Like, what is which one? Exactly the the Rimmick? Yeah. What is it exactly? Um, just that it's, it's 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 essentially it's like an a, IDR, but for the street. Well, it's I was going to say it's like an electric Veyron. Yeah. Because uh, there's there's a I video. Mean, I know what the Rimmick is, but like in the car, like what is the the special technology that makes that? It's just his right? their proprietary battery packs and motors, I believe. Right? Well, it's and just controllers a, and when you when you're buying a staking company like that, you're not necessarily buying it for the product. You're buying it for 
you're buying that holding for the engineering expertise and the consulting versus rather having paid somebody to come in from an outside. For it sure. It would have cost you more money. And now they've also got equity in a company. So it makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. Yeah. And but, they're probably getting so they, they're not buying any patents. They're buying the expertise of how how do you make oh, this electric I mean, thing go so fast? They need to go big with their Mission E and their fucking well, dumb name car, even though their car is going to be awesome. Do so, we ever have to call it that? The Taken uh, seats no. Taken. I'm not doing it's it. It's the worst I'm name. Did you know it. the name of the car? So no. they they're coming out with their. So the car is called the Mission E Concept, which is fine. Mission the Rimic e, number two. No, 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 no Porsche. Porsche. Sorry, Porsche. The car is called the Mission E Concept. Um, I think the Rimic is just called like the C2 or something yeah. like that. So the Porsche is the Mission E. It's a sports, it's an all-electric sports sedan. I think it looks cool. Uh, I think the Mission is cool. And then they finally announced the production name is Yeah, and they just did the press drives like three, four like, weeks what? ago. Uh, yeah, they they let a few people drive. Um, yeah, I know early people, car. I know people that no, were they, there. they yeah, didn't Tim drive was the there, early Tim's car. Team. They drove like the lifted version, like the crossover version. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It mm. wasn't the I actual know Tim Mission E. Stevens was there. Yeah, None it's of... not. But it's not the Mission E, the sedan. They're... It was the the lifted crossover I, I, version of it. I was talking to people that were directly hired by Porsche for this event, and it is very far from the production thing. Like the, no, gauges, the interior worked. Yeah, no, it yeah, was no, just no. it was a everything it was, was um, a proof of concept thing, right? It was barely even that, from yeah. my understanding. Even like the performance work. wasn't there. Like they everything wasn't a there. Better story after the name drop, and it, it was like, "Are you shitting me?" This T, it's T A Y C A. So like, like I thought look, it was T A Y T A Y C A N, but pronounced like take on. Like so, in my head, take on what? Far as no, I think far as gone. Like take on me, take me on. The jokes are going to be. It's a terrible name. But on the flip side, I think I said somewhere online that um, it's still better than anything alphanumeric. Yeah. Even as bad as it is, at least it's wor- a word, even if it's a nonsense word. I'm happy that it's not like called like the Porsche. It'd be ridiculous E9. if it was like the 911 or the 718, right? Okay. Granted, that works <laughs> for the family. <laughs> Granted, this is the one automaker that could probably... Get away with it. Yeah. Um, fair point. Uh, moving on. Wait, wait. Uh, one more question. <laughs> P- Pike's Peak question. Do you think that the um, the Pike's Peak record smashing was part of the image recovery tour? Yes. Yeah. Volkswagen. Yes. Look what we can do with electricity. Don't look at the fact that Rupert Stadler is in jail. Just arrested. <laughs> yeah, they uh, just... What was that, last week? Yeah, they yeah. arrested the CEO of Audi. Uh, no, it's 100% the apology tour, and it's, a, it's a, I think it's a pretty good, good way apology to do it. Tour, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, that's, that's, you know, those guys have been scapegoated hard because you know there were... A lot of people that were playing that same fucking game. And you can't get mad at the motorsports team for doing this stuff, obviously, because they just want to go out and drive race cars and do this stuff. But they're definitely part of the Apology Tour. Um, now, in other automotive news, today, as the you know, when this podcast, um, when we recorded it, Aston Martin revealed their DBS Superleggera. Yeah, so buddy. two classic names coming back out of the fold. DBS is going to replace the Vanquish in the lineup, and it's basically like a super DB11. Um, so the the highest spec version of the DB11 is 600 horsepower. Yep. The, no, well, no, 630 is the AMR. Uh, right. Sorry. Um, the DBS is 715, which is a huge <laughs> jump for Aston Martin. Normally, it's like this car makes 656. 
the new one makes 673. And which motor is this? Uh, it's the 5.2 twin turbo V12. Well, yeah, because now it's just a, it's literally a firmware update. Oh, like, yeah. We no, want it's more then, power. It's like, oh, you didn't like the v, the original V12? Well, now we have the AMR well, twist the wick. We, now we have the DBS twist the wick. Jeff, you and I were just in Germany right. driving the AMR, and we were talking to Matt Becker, who is the chief vehicle dynamics he's a cool engineer it's 15 words long and he's awesome yeah but he even he was just like oh just wait yeah so for those who don't know matt becker was formerly forever the chassis guru for lotus like he was the guy who made lotuses handle well so think about that and now aston martin has him which is great yeah, um, and I'm and sure the first thing he said is that to Aston Martin is, "Your cars need to go on a diet." Well, he came they in know that. midway yeah. through DB11. Right, he had his hands all over the Vantage, which is right. why the Vantage. The Vantage is his first car. Yeah, and then he wanted another chance at the DB11, so that the AMR is his take mm-hmm. on the original DB11, which drives better. lovely. Yeah, it's better. Is he well, going I to mean make that original. Lighter? Hmm? Yes. Well, the, so the, D, the DBS Superleggera has a it replaces the aluminum body with a carbon fiber body. It's these cars are still heavy. <laughs> Shit, forged though. everything. Like yep. the suspension um, is all forged. The wheels are all forged. Uh, titanium exhaust, I think maybe. It's. I know it's an upgraded exhaust. It's all baffled. So if you want to like pop it open, get loud. Yeah, get loud. Um, you can. Starting price is hefty as it should be. Three hundred and five. Technically. It's three oh four nine nine five, which is fucking hilarious. Um, why? Why do that? Well, it's a psychological selling. Yeah, point, at that Jeff. point, it, you're it, like, it's really, only three. It's only three oh four nine. You know, it's it's one of those things where you're walking through the grocery store and it's you know it's it's five dollars cheaper, so you can justify it to the wife. <laughs> it's silly. The car looks amazing. I think even with its fucking gaping mouth, I like it. It's I, I, it works on this car. I it like works. It uh, I configured one online just for because you could just for shits and giggles in a nice dark green with black wheels and, and you know a man can dream. Now speaking of adding lightness, the CEO of McLaren is a man by the name of Mike Fluitt, and he was speaking at a summit in Britain, which is all about manufacturing, like UK based manufacturing, is the SMMT summit. Um, and his big, the big news of it from him for an automotive standpoint is people that people Miatas have more fun. Well, uh, you're close. He yeah. says that the future war is not a war of horsepower; it is a war of weight, which is something people, I think even on this show we've been preaching for a while now. Mm-hmm. I cannot All wait for lighter cars. They're about to open a composite technology center. Um, it's and for the specifics of the summit, it's to do rah 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 UK. Let's go out and build cool shit, which is fine. Um, but he, I cannot wait for McLaren to lead the way to lighter cars. I'm sorry, Jeff, but uh, Nissan's leading the way with the Nissan Kicks with its 2,600 pounds. Okay. okay. How well, much? Certainly not 2,600. Wow. Yeah. That's actually really impressive. It is. <laughs> for a, like I mean, a it only has 125 horsepower. crossover. 125. So, but that's the thing. So as cars get lighter... lighter the demands on internal combustion or electric power are reduced. Well, the strains on everything. The reduced. strains on everything, on suspension, mm-hmm. on steering, all of it, on braking, all of it is reduced. Lighter cars, even with less power, will lead to more enjoyable driving the, experiences. I have one word that explains an entire popularity of one car. Fiesta. I was going to say Ariel Adam, but... Yeah, you're right as well. <laughs> Either one. The Fiesta is a middle of the road drivetrain 
with relatively cheap suspension components, but it's good because it's so light and yes. they tune the chassis well. That's right, it. Right. It's an economy it's, car with like mild upgrades, but because it's so light, it's amazing. Yeah. That's that's the entire reason it's good. How much does the Type R weigh? A lot more. I don't know. I don't know. I believe the Type Keep R is over 3,000. It, it, it'd be sad if it is because Civic, even SIs have been, well, they've gotten fat. That's what I loved. I think my SI. Oh, is I think it, it's like 33. Is it 3,200? 31. Okay. 31.17. My 2,000 Oof. SI was 24 or 2,600, somewhere around there. Yeah. The and it was so under like it had didn't have that much power, but it revved to eighty five hundred. So it was the most entertaining front wheel drive car I'd driven for a long time until I drove the new Type R because um, that car's really good, it's so good. Yeah. That whole front end doesn't make sense. Those tires are rubber bands, but then you drive it and it's a BTC. I don't know how it meters out race like, car. The torque should rip your your hands off the steering wheel. It, it is a BTC race car, it's... but. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say it's, you know, it's all it comes down to the suspension design on that to how you deal with torque steer. Because strangely enough, of all the people that had that down pat when they were making a bunch of torque through front wheel drive, was the Pontiac cars, the GTP and the GTX, didn't have much in the way of torque steer. What are you talking about? I remember those cars. Those had monumental the, torque steer. I don't, no. thankfully, remember no. those cars. But My grandmother owned one. The Everybody else that has torque steer on those cars is because they're just being cheap and lazy on the design. But mm. the Mazda Speed 3, everybody loves that car, and I've always hated it. Sorry, so, Jacob Brown. So have I. Just the torque steer was atrocious. I've always hated it. That was um, the problem. That was one of the biggest problems with the SRT4 as well. Very fast, very light. But I always wanted to drive one of those. Uh, mm. They're highway experience. They're highway pole monsters. I want like, to drive one on a racetrack to see if it's any good. The first car I've ever driven. Have you driven on a racetrack, Patrick, ever? Yes. Okay. Um, Chris, have you driven on a racetrack? Yeah, many times. Um, what's the first car you ever drove on a racetrack? Camaro. Which, which Fourth gen. Fourth gen. Yeah. Oof. Uh, <laughs> how was it like? I'm not talking about drag strip, bro. I'm, talking, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, I did, I did I'm just both. kidding. What's did, the first? I mean, that counts as a racetrack. I was giving you shit, but first road course experience. It was, it, it was what was then Moroso. And it is now Palm okay. Beach International. Okay. Oh, I've driven. I've ridden. I've driven. Yeah, that Palm was Beach my local track. That Even was... though that's a big with motorcycles, I think because the straights. Yeah, that's it's and there's no banking whatsoever. I drove an Aston Martin there actually. Um, <laughs> it's uh, that was ten minutes from my house. I used to drive oh, it all cool. the time. Uh, nice. The the Camaro wasn't what I would call well set up for cornering, but it drifted like a motherfucker. I bet. Uh, what was your first car on a racetrack? Something ridiculous, right? It was okay. Um, a Z28 Camaro, like the, like the, the, the last full gen. multi-valve spool. Yeah. That's you, the, so you drove a ra- was your no, first? no, 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 the, the last gen. Fifth gen. Yeah. Right? The Fifth last gen, gen yeah. Z28 Camaro. Wow. So you, your first car on a racetrack was a race car? Well, no, like I had been karting forever and then I went to, uh, it was, it was like a journalist roundup. What was your deal. second car? I like an, uh, it was an F-Type R. I think. Okay, so you just went big right out of the gate. It Patrick, what did. was your first car on a racetrack? Uh, the GT350R. Okay, damn, you guys are both <laughs> going huge. Was that, How was that? It was fun. Well, yeah. Uh, Laguna? Yeah, yeah, Laguna Sega. Um, my first was it car. on the launch? Yeah, yeah. That's a rough <laughs> introduction right there. <laughs> the, my, You're a little off mic, by the way. You pulled uh, my, first, my first car was an SL65, which was a horrible idea. That's a handful. Horrible idea, but my second car was a Cobalt SS, which was fucking that is a great track perfect car. 
for my my actual skill level how to drive around a racetrack at the time that and those things handled like a motherfucker it was great yeah. that thing was the cobalt ss the cobalt Which, sucks the cobalt ss is awesome yeah well did did you ever drive they did the so eight? before you get to that the yeah. whole point i was trying to make is like it, it's better to start low and then it's like it's like you know fucking ridiculous like the <laughs> best car to drive on a racetrack yeah. an amazing car to drive on a racetrack uh at the time, plenty of power on a race. That was a very no. I, I completely agree. I want. Yeah. I would rather have more time in slow car fast than yeah. fast car. Right. Just I'll tell you right now, it's around. more fun. It's it's more fun on a lot of places to take my Fiesta out because you can ring it out to a hundred percent versus the Corvette, where it's just like hundred percent and you might die. So yeah, I mean, like last year when I was still at Automobile, like we did All Stars at a track. The most time i spent on track in, in, in a car was with a civic type bar and we had uh huracan performante 720s um amg gtr but i'd rather spend more time just wringing the neck of that just Honda. wringing the fuck out of that type bar mm. well um, you know and it's quite frankly there's a level of stress that disappears too i didn't really feel that i just had m- more fun in the type r than i did in the the three other or the five other whatever we had oh we had also a four gt oh okay then that's a good one um now it's I'm, all right so we were talking about lightweight stuff but well we're done with that i'm moving on because i don't know how to segue um <laughs> <laughs> so i want to get into the world since it's kind of on the minds of, of some of us in this room and we've talked about it on the show before automotive television is in a weird space. And I'll kick this off by talking All about... All of television is in a weird space. Yeah. That makes sense. Sure. That's very fair. Um, Hold on. That's the sound of Netflix somewhere in the background. <laughs> I, uh, I, had a, I had a phone call with uh, someone in the industry who I've done a little bit of work with. Um, and um, buddy-buddy with him, you know, when I see him, whatever. Um, and I w- he owns a production company, and I was pitching him a show. He says he likes and, and he says he likes the show, and what happened over the next was basically it was it's nothing I'm about to say was negative about him because all of the information he was giving me was great. It was more me being like, oh, so every industry like in, industry suck at every level for everybody. Like it's not the lowest guy, even the higher up to you who you think is a higher up, um, even though there's always people way above. The people who are everybody's got a boss. Everybody's got a boss. Um, And if you don't, your customers are your boss. He was talking about the landscape of pitching shows, and he has the access to get meetings with Discovery, History, Netflix, Amazon, like all the places you would think would be like, we need content. Let's well, let's talk content. All these people want the main network people. All they want is fucking. So uh, who do you got? Who's the next Richard Rawlings? Who do you got? Who do you got? Give us the next. Dude, we need to be summed up, and they're, they're bringing back American fucking Chopper. Um, yeah, know? that's the level at which. So they all like. So he's even had money to shoot pilots I mean, of build shows, but if they're in the wrong region of the country, the suits will come back. Like you know what? No one wants to hear that this is an X state, be it a certain. West Coast area or certain East northeastern yeah. area. They're like, they don't want to hear that word because that doesn't resonate with the majority of the viewers. So this show's not going to work for us. Without shitty, without shitty, you know, uh, reality show television, how are we expected to vet presidential candidates going forward? <laughs> so I pitched him my, my show. And he said, he's like, he's like, the other guests. No. So I said, I, well, we'll get to that. I said, I, <laughs> I pitched him my show and I didn't feel like he was, um, 
being untruthful with me because he would just tell me if he. Like, oh no, 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 no. I, I know this do. gentleman as well. And right, he, he would tell you he, a straight no. shooter. Right, so yeah. he's he's like, I really like this, but it's too smart. It is, and it's not a smart show. It's just too smart for what television. It's too smart wants. for our retarded country. Uh, <laughs> so he, he's he's like, your better play here is, and now we're getting into inside baseball, which is fine. We've always done that on this podcast. He's like, your better play here is is to find a sponsor and create it as sponsored content for someone with money, like a Haggerty or a this or a that. Which, and I get it. And what's, I'm also trying to shop it for my own personal reasons on a smaller budget to someone like a tire company or an oil company be like, just sponsor this. And let me go shoot fucking five episodes of this and prove that it's a thing. Um, uh, I don't need to go into what the show is, even though if I say it, you're probably like, yeah, I'd watch that because you're fans of us. So you would, you well, they're in our demo. So they have the same interest. Right. In right. So you did, right. Yeah, yeah. We're in the, we're in the, all in the same demo. We'd be like, Oh no, that sounds good. And the rest of the country goes, nah, that's fucking gay shit. Uh, so, it's, it's, <laughs> well, the show is called Butt Fucking Miatas. <laughs> How did you read my treatment? Um, no, treatments are internal, as I've learned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, the, uh, the, so it was a great phone call in the fact that – it wasn't a great phone call in the fact that like, yay, I'm making a TV show now. Like, no, that's not happening. Um, it was a great phone call and like, wow, it's really tough for everyone. So how's it going out there, Patrick? <laughs> wow, for me, it's going great. I mean, you I'm have getting, a show going yeah, right now. Truck Night Season 2 up on its feet. Um, is, it sh- are you, is it in production? N- no, I can't get into the okay. status of it too much. We are casting it right now, so if anybody is interested in being on it and they have a badass truck, they should just Google that shit and throw in an application. And if you want to fast track it, send it to me and I'll send it to him. But yes, legally, that, that has yeah. that is I'm not promising you anything. <laughs> I just decided to throw that in there. So television for everybody else is tough at the moment. Um, it just it – was, it was – not disheartening because at this point I I expect nothing from any any of these conversations I have, um, and I don't mean that disrespectfully because you and I have had conversations as well. We keep talking about things and trying to do things, but I've had tons of conversations where sometimes you leave them and it ge- just generally feels very positive, and it's just it's just kind of the machine. It seems like yeah, there's a lot of positivity. Nobody nobody wants to poo poo ideas, which means nobody gives you actual feedback you know which which is is a a, you know a problem in in the world you're telling me that people in the entertainment industry aren't always completely forthcoming with their feelings on subjects (laughs) i think the entertainment industry out front i think everybody's like that that's true oh i don't know i'll tell people to go fuck themselves left and right i don't (laughs) um so the call the call was good in that respect but also at the same time it was like i'm just gonna Turn my tail and go back to my worldwide web. Just decide to say fuck it and cash in somewhere. I don't know, but where? BPR. That's, That's oh oh that route. Oh, <laughs> let's go dark side, Jeff. Trust me. Um. The, the thing, the thing, the thing about content is, as you start generating it, if it's an idea, you have to assume that other people have the idea. So right, you're yeah, like, sure. what's my spin? How do I make it better? And also, you have to assume that ninety nine point nine percent of the time the answer is no right right and you go in with that mm-hmm. you know and, and you know and if you enjoy the process of 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 developing it and thinking about it and all that then you know it's a win you come out you learn something sure you know that that can be a win too i mean some some yeses down the road come from no's you know are, you know, are paved good, in yeah. no's yeah no that's a good point um 
you just said something that struck a chord with me and I'm trying to get back to what I was just thinking about and I just lost it um, because that was a good analogy about being paid with no's. Let me, so given that eyeballs are, (laughs) given that audiences are so divided now amongst a plethora of options where that wasn't even a problem 10 years ago, um, how has kind of the pitch process changed for this now that you know you're going to be vying for a much smaller slice of the I pie. Just, I just slide into Patrick's DMs like, I got another show idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it goes back to uh, even in the last 10 years, not television changed quite a bit, but also like the digital space has changed quite well, a bit. Well, that's what I mean is that yeah. everything is now divided so many ways. You folks yes keep vamping. No. I'm grabbing yeah, another beer. Yes and no. It is, but it's also – it's yeah, and the digital space has become all about – the platform now, you yeah. know, and the, the platforms are limited. So there's still there's still a limited amount of buyers, right? At, at large levels, at the at, at bigger levels when you're trying. to So is the differencing difference mainly then come down to budgets that are involved instead of actually the process? Or it always comes down to the budgets, right? Yeah. But uh, listen, I could do everything for like five dollars. <laughs> I just need five dollars right now. Yeah. Laughing at that one from the kitchen. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I forgot where we're going. Um, you know, the landscape's changing. I think the landscape's changing for everybody. It's it's hard. It's hard to sell television shows. It's hard to sell shows to digital buyers. It's hard to sell um, cool ideas to companies and getting them to spend their marketing dollars on on stuff. I mean, at well, the end of the day, I I believe. That you can have a good idea and a good package helps, good talent helps, but I think some part of it is always they're not necessarily buying the idea; they're also buying the person, you know. So, like, develop what you love. And that, and then I you're, just you're literally, there. I just literally ripped my pants when I went to adjust my pants. I just went like that, and that ripped. Well, we're not so, if you need someone very strong on your next television show, um, <laughs> that was a someone... very aggressive walk to the kitchen. So the and it's funny to hear you say that about the right talent and this and that. And some of these shows that this person told me that are coming out and he's competing with space for have just talent that you're like, you got them. How the fuck did you get them in a television show? Um, crazy names. And so these people are like, Oh, can you get, they've, they've come to him and said, can you get X and Y? And he's like, no, no, we're not going to get them for this show. And, um, so it, it, we can get Jeff and Jonathan. They're, yeah, right, they're cheap. seriously. Um, so it's funny where in the in the bringing these shows back to the web space, which is where I know the the ebb and flow much more. I, I don't know it at all at television. Um, the we joked about when uh, Patrick and I recorded. Um, because I did just did the one season. I said it was like the best paying short-term job ever. Cause I remember going in initially, they're like, yeah, our budget is about this. And then like in subsequent meetings, I heard like a higher number. And in my head, I'm like, well, that's, I'm going to do that much work then. Like I, if they, they have that budget for this position and they just told me it, I'm, they initially said like, Oh, it's, it's going to be like, like 10 grand for, you know, two to three months. And, and, and then like in another meeting, I heard 15. I'm like, I'm invoicing for 15. <laughs> no, there's no question on my, in my mind. Um, <laughs> super sophisticated negotiations. Yeah, going and they're, on. and they're like, Oh, we saved 10,000 on that guy. <laughs> the budget well, was... What he doesn't know the budget was actually 50. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, my he first job in the industry was on the business side. For he was you. talking about the assistant. Yeah. For an awful company. Um, which I don't even feel like naming, but it was on the business side of the automotive industry. Think like Kelly Blue Book, but shitty. Um, <laughs> and obviously not Edmonds because they're a nice company. Um, so figure it out. 
um, I was on the business side and I went in, and this is like my first like real job. I was in the mortgage industry before this. I got in the mortgage industry as it was collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> so 2008, you walk oh into work and, and even just before that. Yeah. Um, and so I get into the business side of this job and I go in for my interview and I, and I just, I asked for like 50 grand for my salary and he goes, and I'm now I'm interviewing with the boss at this point. And he goes, you know what? Just to make payroll easier, we're going to round it up to 55 just because on a monthly it works. I'm like, mother fucker. He just rounded my payroll, up, my pay up. And like, at which point you're like, I, this was a, I had no idea. This was like a hundred thousand dollar position. And I said, I would like 50. And I thought I was being like, I'm like, I'm going for 50. Yeah. <laughs> so now when it comes to like web pitches and stuff, I'll be like, give me this. And then if they're like, oh, that's too high. I'm like, great. We'll work down from there. Yeah. Um, but I never want to be, I'd never want to be like, uh, if you want to do this content or advertise here or that, it's X. And they, to hear them go, great. I'd be like, and fuck. <laughs> if I can impart one little piece of advice, maybe to some of our younger listeners on here. If anybody ever asks you for a salary history, when you go over to take a job, tell them to go fuck themselves. Cause that's none of their business. Interesting. So. I haven't had to do that in a while because I don't make any money. <laughs> I actually could answer it very clearly. Zero. Um, do you want my wife's salary <laughs> or my salary? Okay, um, I, have, I have a question, and it is in part a request for audience uh, participation. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so back to the, the car show thing. We talked about pitches. We talked yeah. about the industry. We talked about how it's changing. But the real question is, what do people want to watch? And specifically, one thing I'm very interested in is, what do people want to watch in the car world? And I, I always start that with, what do I want to watch in the car world? Right. So my question for you guys is, if you're going to sit down and watch a show right. Right, that's not a racing competition, right? that's a television program of some sort, or internet content, right. what is that show? And then the follow-up is, what do all the, the, the listeners so want to see? I'm Universe gonna... is now a market research platform. No, I mean, I wish, because then we could sell data. Um, <laughs> the oh, Facebook the fuck out of these people. Um, what do you want to see? Like, what, my dream show. I mean, so, from my Everybody perspective, my Everybody perspective like... though, is it the dream show that I want to make. That's the problem. Okay, what's that show? So, well, don't give away your, your special ideas. No, no, I'm going to give it away, because I've been pitching this for years, and no one wants to make it. We're gonna have the video. I'm not talking thing. about that one. Okay. We're gonna have the studio and the video thing. I done. have a different one. We'll get these. We'll I've get these. Uh, we'll get their answers in, and then when the answers all come in, we'll have you back in a few weeks, and then we'll do another podcast. Oh, we should the read them all. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, and I'll follow up. It's and, almost like, like I'm producing. I'm very show. free. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my dream show that I've been pitching for years that everybody's like, oh, it sounds okay, and like nobody gives a fuck. Um, and I and this was actually created a question i'll try to remember to get back to this in the end of it so i'll just start with a pitch the pitch was it's it's basically like it's the title sucks but it's just called the bucket list where i want to travel to various bucket list automotive events and initially show you the history of that event so to prove why it's important and then the middle show you what it's like today and why you need to be here and then maybe the final bit is we have extra access to something so we do something just a little bit more than the average person would do so my example is hold on my example is good like say goodwood festival of speed we sit down with lord march we say this is why this is amazing and then then we show the crowds and then the the fucking craziness and then the, like the special thing is we drive a car up the hill and then you do the Daytona 500 Pikes Peak you do an, you do a Meekum auction some people are fascinated by those auctions I am. that is a bucket list event what are the coolest people? events in the car world it, the right auction yeah all the um, worldwide a, a world rally 
championship race, an F one race. race. But then you find a way to just stretch it out into like a five minute webisode. It's like you could make that into a TV show. Now the part where I got into my conversation today was so I heard from that producer friend today on the phone call, and he's like, they just want next Richard Rawlings or this and that, and he's like, it's even frustrating for us because we want to make they want smarter. conflict and personalities. That's well, what no, they but, want. but the producer wants to make smarter. The type of stuff that yes, 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 the it's guy also we know to make, right? Yeah, yeah, but he also, he also it's, it's like that type of production is also cheaper to make, right? Like the like the the gas monkey garages, the well, everybody everybody always wants everybody always wants talent. That's talent as in the personalities, right? Because they actually have to be talented and stuff. They want big personalities that quote unquote pop on screen. Yeah, and they're always looking for that. All the time. And it's not always a good fit because he gave me an example of a very well-known automotive personality who they shot a pilot with. <laughs> Some people aren't good television. It just wasn't just, good on screen. I, I can yeah. tell you later. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, so I asked him after we talked about that. I was like, and I, I was curious about this because he said, you know – he said some networks would be like, get back to us in like a year and a half with that show. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll put that on my fucking calendar. Like, you know, yeah. And Here's the deal. Develop what you love because even if they're not looking for it now, they probably will at some point. Because the market changes, the cycle changes. But all my of a sudden, question, then they're asking for a thing and you have it. It's, well, that's true. Is well, there, my, well, let me just finish my thought Fuck here. Fuck you, Jeff. My, my, <laughs> my, my thing is so. When I first thought of the show, it was just because the pitch at the time, and it's a terrible pitch then because everybody else was doing it, is I want to do the Bourdain of X. And at the time, people were like, "No, we ha- we have Bourdain." So I'm curious uh, now, uh, for the man. I'm curious now if there's uh, going to be a cycle of people be like, well, "Now we so kind of want a show like that." See, Which my is show what is I'm going to do the Anthony Bourdain of celebrity suicide locations. I'm going oh, wow. to travel to them all over the world. Wow. <laughs> and I've killed Chris. What is the title <laughs> for this show? Okay, 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 okay. So you want to do a travel show about events and, and cool car stuff around the and world. And I, I, I like, want to yeah. interact with the people involved in the history. And but the you would future. watch that. Yeah. You I'd watch it. Okay, I'd Jonathan, what, Especially what, if I was what would in you it. want to watch? <laughs> when you turn on the show, you want to watch car content. What is it? Oh, uh, that that's difficult. Like, I, I want to see... Hmm. I agree with Jeff. I want to see more human stories. I want to see that more Bourdain-esque car content. But with Jeff's pitch, for me, I think that's a piece of a show rather than a full show. Like, I want... I would love to... How dare you? (laughs) No, I love that idea, but I want to include it in part of it. Like, you have to expand that idea like and that's what i would like to do is expand that to how do you fit an entire episode around you know goodwood how do you how do you go beyond just you know the festival of speed um and that you know that is talking with lord march but that is like talking about the history of goodwood uh but it's also like what are the other aspects of it uh where can you go like Rolls Royce is right there. You can go and visit oh, yeah, yeah, the absolutely, factory. Absolutely. Um, but also, you can you can make it into an entire like English episode, you can't. which is like which is oh, what yeah, yeah. which is what Bourdain did. He didn't just stay kind of like in one spot. He would go around the country. He would go and visit to other things. He would have conversations with all these other people. So maybe maybe like the the payoff is Goodwood, but the first part of the show is. Let's go on an English tour of of like all of the like the great right. you go to Morgan, factories. You go to Aston. You go yeah, to... you drive throughout the entire episode. You have a couple. So shows about 
a specific culture of automobile automobile culture in a specific region. You explore yeah, or, that, or, or you could do it like you can even do it based on that specific or a specific automotive not trend but subgroup <laughs> but you'd want to watch this is what you so like you'd want to watch you'd want to watch it if the yeah, episode yeah. If the i love that i like, eat that it's called like say that say season one episode three is goodwood but then it includes it starts off with like england is the blah 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 for this reason and that reason here's what you gotta get you, blah, blah, you also blah. gotta get like bourdain's like it's also aspirational. They may not go there, but they're learning about so it. So my like thing is, they my, my idea with that being called the bucket list is like, if you like, if you can't get here, we're going to show you. We're the like. next best thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, Chris, what do you want to watch? Okay, sir. So automotive. I, I am an oddball in that I will watch like really hardcore like engineering type stuff. To where I'll watch a guy with a TIG welder and a lathe making this precise component for like three months. You know, I will watch that because it's just engrossing watching something get built at that level. However, the other show that I've really, really wanted lately is I want an inside man in the L.A. street racing community just to cover that it seems every Vice. week. That's Vice. Vice has done that, and it's awful. You should watch yes, it. Yes, but it's here's the thing. Is why is it bad? Why, is, this is the issue. They had, the, okay, so why the, is it bad? The Vice, bad? the Vice doc that I was watching, it was all about street racing, and it was all in, I think, Canada that they were doing it. They just portray it real shitty? Because street racing They portrayed sucks, it really but... shitty, and, and but they also had... Like the, the the actual host was also awful. No, they that's like the they, problem. Yeah, I just watched something. Like, I believe it was from bad. Vice the other day, and it was there. They were covering the Dune racing. I saw that, and they get, they hand the job to this guy that clearly knows nothing about cars, right. whatsoever. And he's like, "So this is a GTR motor in a truck? That's amazing!" And I'm like, "No, it's not really." It's just like they needed a guy to to. to be able to speak the same language, like the literal, not the automotive language, but the literal. So, like the visuals were kind of cool in that episode. I could have, I could have made a call, and I, in two hours had a better host for them yeah. living in that area right. was than the guy that they had on camera. Right. So the host choices weren't great, and the execution wasn't great. No, you get these. To watch. You get these legit news outlets that will do you know high production quality coverage. Yeah. But then they'll fill it with like whomever their regular dude is. Yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. And they like. You can't do that. You need somebody that's a subject matter expert. Okay, so what else do you want to watch? You want to watch? So there's a whole movement for slow TV, so I totally get the the TIG welding manufacturing oh, yeah. thing. Like that, that is a thing that exists now. One like of my favorite slow YouTube channels. Is, but what what else? What else? What else um, I would say that, and I would say the other thing that would be really cool is watching a series that covers driver development. At all levels, from, from like oh, I love that. the like carding, carding, on up. carding age, and then you've got another one that's like twelve or fourteen, and you get another guy that's coming in and is going into like Indy or F one at like seventeen I feel or eighteen. Like they did a show about like carding moms or something like that, carding <laughs> parents. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure. They're you. wild. I, I, I mean, it was a thing. Maybe it's a piece of development that I saw at some point. You could, I mean, as as shit as the it sounds, but insane. to be able to sell that, you could reality show it up. Oh like, yeah. Have like a oh pool. yeah. Like how they did the MMA stuff where the they were. Fighting for literally fighting for a chance in the ring, you could have like like them living together in a house, racing open wheel like Formula Two, Formula Three cars against each other for a shot at at like a seat at an IMSA race or a so this race or a we that had race. A, we had a we had a guy. This is a little inside baseball. We had a guy on top here that um, we used to get consumer like owner cars, and we had a guy that had I forget the car, but it was a very special car. 
Not so special. Oh, that you we mean couldn't for get like screen cars to like, put it put on screen? Right. Yeah, like you can't and get it through the press. We couldn't get it from a manufacturer. Yeah, right. We could not get it from a manufacturer. And he would only let us have it if we if we had his kid drive it, you know, on the show in some way. And we're first no, but then like okay, what's the deal with your kid? And he was like eleven or something. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Not a chance. Right. Oh no! There's a, there's a bunch of dudes that have like, but kids. The, the money there, right? And, and you know, and that just got me going down the rabbit hole of like the money in youth motorsport. If you have that kind of money, is it's incredible, it's wild, and interesting a, to hear about because well, you don't really talk a about that. Thirteen much. or twelve year old that's doing European Drift Championship. Jesus Christ! Well, and we I had a gentleman doing on the well. show. I can't so, remember that, uh, several years ago that his you know, son no was fear. heavily, no, heavily into karting. And he's moved. It was the dude from Toyota, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like one of the first shows. Like, I, I hope he still listens. I haven't heard from that guy. I get, I still get email updates from him, like that he yeah. sends out on a newsletter every now and then. And his kid has moved way up the ranks. But I wonder if he like stopped listening. Okay, to here's, us here's 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 like, here's, so here's a question. Tangent. Liberal. <laughs> there's a thing in there's a thing going on in F1, a criticism of race, the racing industry in general like right now, guy. where the children are so good at it that. People want to. Should there be a limitation on who can race? Because basically, there's no fear because there's no prefrontal cortex. They literally Jesus. don't have that there's... biological capacity for fear. Yeah. So yeah, of course they're awesome. As you see, the ages sort of plummet in in F one. Well, and yeah. but we can we can make the same argument. And I'm not saying it's positive or negative one way or another. We make the same argument for like football. It's you know you're putting a bunch or of war, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, we just stream sports, all of it. Yeah. I mean, just. We we are entertained by people that have no concept of risk. Totally, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, okay, so we solved we've solved television. Yeah, right. So oh, the problem is, and though, by the way, thing, all ideas stated here are now property of the Hooniverse Industries. Yeah, yeah but uh, also the yeah. problem is the audience is like the people who listen to our show and read our shit online, and that's it. Yeah, like that's it. Um, I'd also and that's the one problem. last thing. I want to see, like, if, if you're going to have hosts, I want to see them having fun. I don't, I don't want it dry. I don't want it just like, like, even Bourdain was having fun throughout it. Like, he was serious in his delivery, and he was serious in his subject matter, but he was also just, like, he was enjoying his life. And that's what I want to see from... You don't want like, to watch somebody just there collecting a check. Yeah. Like, there, there are those in the automotive area of television that are just like you, you watch them for two seconds you're like i can't do this anymore oh oh the other show that should absolutely make it to american television that we this has come up before with zach matt and i a million times in the past best motoring u.s version no yeah. one would ever do that i know, I know but it should be a thing still what is that i don't know what that is um, it was essentially the, the idea behind it was they would give five or like four or five cars to writers, and then they would race them. That's it. Or race car drivers. Yeah. And it was, it was in Japan. Japanese. Okay. And it's it some of the best driving footage of like your favorite 90s cars ever. Um, they, had, they would race them. They head actually to head. had a couple crossover episodes where it was um, the, the Drift King, like, that's the same show, right? Best Motoring? Yeah. When mm-hmm. he came up. So, like, he would be, they would do some episodes in the States with, like, Reese Millen and Tanner. 
um, where they would challenge them and Tanner, you know, it's young Tanner being like, hi, like bowing and shit. It's like really weird. Um, and young Tanner who looks exactly the same as Tanner now. That's true. That's yeah. actually a fair point. Yeah, the guy uh, does not age. Um, no. So, yeah, you should look up best motoring clips on YouTube. It'll blow your okay. mind. Like NSX versus GTR versus 3000 GT versus mm-hmm. like the the, li- the battles you wanted to see as an 80s, 90s kid. You're like, this is Radwood in in rolling. This is actual Radwood racing. They had like an F40 at one point. They had racing everything, man. F- they, it, Here's the thing. I think you could do it, but it couldn't be a whole show unto itself. It'd have to be Ooh, a oh, segment yeah. of a larger thing, but it could be uh-huh. done. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? You know what? Car show. You know what? I always like, and I suppose this is one of the the cool things about the access of some of the bigger budget car shows, is there are so many people, especially in Los Angeles, that drive around these incredible cars that are so fucking precious about them, and I just love to see people driving expensive cars that can perform and just driving the snot. Well, that's oh. one of the best YouTube I, That gives me another idea. Like, one, well, driving it, like, ride it hard and put it away wet. One of know? my favorite YouTube channels, and they post very sporadically, is Tax the Rich. I think they ended. I think they did, too, because they had, like, too many fires or something. Like, he would it, – it's some I, – I don't think anybody knows exactly who it was, but it was, like, the son of a rally car driver or something like that. He would take – dad, I think uh, the rumor was, like, his dad was, like – knighted or like an earl it was basically a, it was or... a trust fund fun project yeah, yeah but he would it was like like yeah. it, like low budget but still well shot um he <sighs> would take like a rolls royce and drift really... it through like a grassy hill i love it i love and, it or... and the driving was there yeah the dude driving was on it and it would be like f40s and f50s it or an xj220 an xj220 doing donuts inside of a barn with like yeah. and like light the rear wheels on fire like yeah, it was great. the craziest cars tax the rich was a, and he put like the plate on it and like the name it's like tongue and cheek like yeah fuck the rich like dude you are loaded yeah, yeah. people get these cars they don't drive them they don't drive them hard and you just want to see somebody just take them and just well, well know, beat them up and, to, and yeah. another slight twist on that would be like i would love to see the show that could actually you know it would go so you think you can drive Right for all these assholes that no. think they're great drivers or buy these expensive cars and can't drive shit. I mean, that'd be funny. The title's not bad, right? So you think <laughs> you can drive, and then you put them up against somebody that actually can drive in a much slower car and have them get the shit beaten out Even of them, like one of us. Well, no, the them. funny It'd thing be would really be funny. it would be to be to do that against the uh, like the internet shit talker. And then, like your average, or you just you find them and it's, just go to their house. Well, and like, I've, that's Hello. a different show I've wanted to do for years, actually, too. Um, you I, you I once said you're driving ideas. is shit. Right. Let's go. Right, right, right. Um, that's or funny. you know, you get those people that'd be like, "Well, I could buy 19 Camaros for the price of that car," and you so, show you up at what? their house I, I, with 19 Camaros and go, "Here you go." I've decided I'm going to share the show I'm pitching. Don't right? do that. No, that's my professional advice to you. Okay. I was going to say someone might be We listening. literally watched this go down in real time in a very bad way for somebody on TST. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll talk about it afterwards. Definitely it. know then. Um, <laughs> I mean, my, it's not that... It's exciting. You can share it with us after. Well, you are. I think I've already shown yeah, it to you. We had somebody pitching something and talking about the details of a show, and the person next to them was on their phone with their agent at the time, undercutting them and screwing them out of the deal. Really? Yeah. Wow. You can all... Fuck off. That's amazing. We're Never keeping mind. our goddamn right, ideas. So, we, um, just, we can't release this, this show. Last week, I drove the new Ford F-150 diesel and towed an Airstream base camp with it. Great truck. Um, it is a good truck. The problem is if you dig into the specs, 
There's a tow package for the 3.5 EcoBoost, which has a higher tow rating. Yep. And then the highest tow rating for the diesel is only on, like, the XLT fleet model. But is the fuel economy on the diesel when you're towing much, much better? Yeah. 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 I was over 20 miles per gallon. Well, there you go. Which is fucking amazing. If it's a work truck, buy the goddamn diesel. You could feel that you were towing something with this. Um which is good and bad. Like you're reminded, like there's something still back. It's not there. like being yeah. in a 35 or a 2500 where it's just like. If I was in a Super Duty, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I, I would do an 80, 95 miles per hour all weekend. Allegedly. Yeah. No, I was I was <laughs> between 65 and 70 miles per hour on like wide open highway, mm-hmm. um, and it was nice. But every now and then, like you could feel the little the little push pull. No, not side, not really side to side. Okay. The the trailer design of the base camp is amazing because it's just as wide as the truck, and then it almost teardrops in the back. So you can kind of see behind you. John, what? Oh, sorry. Um, So you can kind of see the car in the lane behind you, which is amazing. Like you can barely see it, but like if you're taking corner, you can see it. If you're, if they're off to one side, you can see it. So it was a very easy thing to tow. The base camp itself was lovely because everybody else was tent camping (laughs) and they can eat. No, I don't want to speak ill of them. Lamping. But the fact that they would have, if they had to go pee in the middle of the night, they had to go to a porta potty and I'd be like, uh, Excuse me, honey. And then I'd step over her and go into the bathroom. And so that's and great. And the entire campsite can, can hear you? No. F- there were – so we wake up the next morning and some people in our group were like – so this whole camping trip was organized by my daughter's um, preschool where they like, – like we're doing – we're getting this site. We're all going camping if you want to come join us. So it was kind of cool to meet some of the other parents, some of the other kids. Yeah, we do that too. That's fine. It was great. Yeah. And uh, I was just making an awful joke about thankfully it wasn't in North Malibu. I'm going to – Pull that joke back. Um, that is local news <laughs> that a lot of you aren't going to get. My mom made sure. I was like, you weren't camping in Malibu, right? I'm like, you called me. I'm here, and I don't have two daughters. Um, fuck, that's a gruesome joke. Um, a, it's yeah. not even a joke. Um, yeah, so we're camping, and apparently across this little river that's right next to where a thing is, like a stream, like not a river. You could jump over it. Um, As a matter of fact, there was no water. <laughs> right? No, there was water. People were tubing in it. Um, the, the, they were going all night playing music. Like the, the, the campground people had to tell them to quiet down. The people in our group were like, did you hear them all night? And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I even had two vent windows cracked and I couldn't hear shit. We had these a, didn't a, pop. Nice. These didn't break like the last one, right? No, they're that part's much better. The problem I didn't know. So I get in there. I'm like, can't get the fucking AC to work. The microwave's not working, and then the fridge like is losing its cool. So I'm like, God damn it! The second airstream in a row where I'm having trouble, and I talked to them after like, oh, all the big ticket items, you have to have like shoreline power. So uh, I was like, all right, that's fair. That's totally. Oh, I didn't realize fun. that you didn't know. No, that. I was at a campground oh. without. I thought they could run off. I thought they'd been charged by the batteries and they were good. To go, so too much juice. Um, but it had. A solar thing I could set up, which, like, I could still... All the lights ran fine. Um, but yeah, those are all 12-volt. Water volt. pump. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what it was. It was 12-volt versus the other shit. The big stuff's all 120 AC. Yep, 100% what Chris just said. Yep. Um, so the, the, the 120 stuff didn't work. And at first, it was, like, another Airstream with eight... Because the Airstream, the 30-footer I had in Malibu, mm-hmm. which is the most pretentious fucking thing I've ever said. Um, <laughs> probably not, actually. Uh, <laughs> it sounds awesome. Uh, it sounds awesome. AC didn't work. And that was on shoreline. So that was fucking annoying that was just a bad air conditioner but these these are like again even the small little airstream it's and i'm gonna when i write about it i'm gonna write about this it's like having an exotic car you pull into the campsite and everybody's like that is gorgeous 
That is gorgeous. Well, and, and it doesn't matter where. And it's really nice. It's like a nine eleven. Is that they've looked the same Dude, forever? It's, it's, no, 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 this is the new this one. Okay, they, so they are beautiful. Are they practical? What's it like to oh, live God, in it? You can get um, more practical ones for half the price. They're not practical at all. Not practical. No. So like, there's. Did you better... enjoy being inside it? It was great to have. It was not as comfortable as the thirty footer. So the thirty footer has like an actual bedroom in the back. It's like a real bed. Mm-hmm. This is like. It's like a boat where the the seats turn into it, which is great, but it was not comfortable. Like I it's am like a very feet, right? Um, yeah, I had no problem fitting in it to sleep. How tall are you? Uh, six three. Um, but it was the padding was awful. Like yeah. you would need to do uh, egg crates or an air mattress or something. Where I I am a I am a fantastic sleeper. I am a very sound sleeper. I was tossing and turning. I'm all the night. best sleeper. Nobody's I ever been a better sleeper than me. Sleeper. I sleep no. with everything. Bigly better than you. No question. Um, so it's so like a I beautiful up, car. Like, my left leg, my hip and knee hurt from like tossing and turning all night. Well, you so, are old, Jeff. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> but having the bathroom and like the we cooked breakfast on our stove the next morning because it, it has propane tanks hidden in the nose as well. Yep. Um, that the panoramic roof in the front is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but again, people walk. It's it's not like having a nine eleven. I, like I get what you're saying about the shape of the big ones. It's, it's like it's instantly recognizable. But That's but the thing. but it's more than that. It's oh, it's more like having a fucking Bentley or a Rolls Royce pulling into the campground people are like that is people were talking across the water like that thing's beautiful oh, i dude that was like new england camping. yeah yeah no that's how i used to go camping <laughs> um that's how i used to go everybody you so the guy to roll up in the airstream and yeah. you know everybody what do you think you're fucking better than us right yeah. you know <laughs> fuck you sully um so it was hey great. we're gonna be in the river sully's going to get some beers don't get fucking burnt kids stay out of the fire <laughs> it would been it would have been good to rent it It'd be tough. It's a tough proposition to own one, unless you just don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, Airstream's but the good thing is you could tow it with an SUV yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, the curb weight, the base curb weight is like twenty five, just under twenty six hundred pounds, and then you can just add nine fifteen a shit for a gross vehicle weight of like thirty six hundred. Technically, if you go to the UK, you can also tow it with a sedan. Right. Uh, As somebody who knows with a sedan, a- you can tow it with a fucking Fiat. Panda there. This is light for a travel trailer. How much do these things usually weigh? Uh, well, there's another company, I guess. Somebody tagged on a post I did called Happier Camper, which <laughs> is, um, does like a 16-footer. The whole rear hatch opens, so which is really jokes. cool. So if you really wanted to load in like a dirt bike, you tech- it, it, this camper was nuts. So, and it's all fiberglass, so it's probably not Super heavier. No, no. Fiberglass fucking... is way heavier, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. What, fiberglass okay. is way heavier. So what does one normally weigh? So we, I, I grew know. up camping, and we had campers for years and years. We had a 33 or 35-foot one. That was the last one we had. And that was only like thirty six or 3,700 pounds. They're not that heavy, but that's because they're all made out of fucking toothpicks. Right. There's, they're yeah. all made out of garbage. You could punch through the wall. Oh, yeah. Even on those Airstreams, as nice as they are... They're still built like shit. It's terrifying. The, oh. it's, the, the airstreams are really nice inside. It, it's like it's really gorgeous. That bathroom is a. I could stand up in it at six three. Stand up straight as can be, and my feet and my head is just touching. Like that's impressive. That Toilet, um, and then there's a shower in there. So if you close the door and do the two seals, you shower in there. It's fucking amazing. Um, it's so. I mean, it was. It's it's nice. The 30-footer was amazing. 
we had our issues with it, but they're for different reasons. So the Airstreams are beautiful. They're amazing, but they're like it's it's like much like an exotic car. It's, it's a statement it's, when you walk into a campground for one of those. It's a you know. statement. I when I pulled the thirty footer, well, I didn't pull the thirty. They dropped it off in Malibu. People and this is northern Malibu, and people are rolling up, and they have just like regular motorhomes. Um, which are great vehicles and mm-hmm. more useful even because, um, you know, they might have pop-outs or the, this and that. And, th- again, northern Malibu. What campsite? The, I don't know. Uh, Leo Carrillo, northern Malibu. Okay, yeah. The I one you walk under the bridge camp there all the time. and go to the beach. Yep. Um, so the people are walking. I'm not expecting anybody to come up to it, and they're like, this is stunning. Like, they're blown away by it. What is the statement when you pull in? Is it like, bala? Yes, 100%. Okay. Especially this campground because – I'm not going to – so this campground was like a um, – this is probably the first Airstream that's ever been in this campground. It, <laughs> it was a great campground. It was an, on an Indian reservation way out in Payuma Valley, um, like past the Pala fucking casino. Um, we're, we're on the La Jolla Indian Reservation. Lovely campground, lovely people, a very blue-collar environment. That's camping generally speaking. Not in northern Malibu. It felt a little fancy. I've never gone camping in northern Malibu. Yeah, that was Leo Carrillo. And then we're going to Yosemite in August, so I'm curious about how that is. My recommendation for you is to stop. uh, There's a a town with a bunch of breweries on the way up. Carpinteria. It's not going to be a good Stop in Carpinteria and go camping. There's a ton of campsites right on the beach, walking distance to the brewery. Well, we're not bringing a camper. We have a cabin at Yosemite. Got it. Uh, half dome, so I'm super stoked. We had to book it like a year out. Um, That's going to be incredible. Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, I'm actually trying to line up a Charger Hellcat. <laughs> uh, because it'll be just after my daughter's um, third birthday. So I, my pitch, it's like the weakest pitch ever. No, no, no. This no. Is your, this is, no. You're doing this wrong. She came home in the Hellcat. That's the pitch. No. But how did you get to the hospital? I can't they have... my whole family. Oh, the SUV? Yes. Shit. Michael Haas hasn't returned an email in a while. Talk to Drew. Who? Drew who? Um, this is important, people. This is real important crap. podcast stuff right now. right now. We can take it offline. Okay. Um, because, okay. Is there one in the fleet? Not yet. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's important shit, though. You, <laughs> need, you need to do that story. Right. So you had the F-150. You had the Airstream. What else have you had? Oh, I get the uh, ZL1 on okay. Thursday. For, and I did one LE I or it, wait ZL one or one LE or ZL one just, just, just the ZL. I didn't even ask. I just oh, said the, ZL one, the, the plebeian model, right? Um, the the non winged. The I didn't realize when I booked it. It's Fourth of July, <laughs> so I got to find a place to do burnouts. Uh, but yeah. Josh Ostrander, a uh, friend of the show, mm-hmm. he and I are taking. We're so this weekend we're going to Sky Park. We're upping our mountain bike game. Mm-hmm. This is a mountain bike park. At Lake Arrowhead. It's like an actual park mm-hmm. pay, like with like um, trails, rated trails. So I'm actually nervous. But we're driving the ZL1 there with the mountain bikes on top of the Camaro. <laughs> you need to get a picture of you doing a rolling burnout with the bikes. Oh, you're so right. That's why we're yeah. buddies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's because I want to do like – I haven't done a Shift Happens video in a while. So I want to do that. Um, how long is this episode going? Because we haven't even gone to the fucking questions. And I want to go – Let's see. We gotta, uh, we we're an hour up. in. Uh, let's see. So, what have you had for press cars? Uh, I've been kind of light lately. Um, just, I've been doing other things. Yeah. Um, dad things. And then going through other <laughs> less I, fun dad things. <laughs> <laughs> I've had the most, I've had 
an exercise in in uh, contrast here in the last two weeks. I went from the Buick Encore, which is the tiniest crossover, uh, nicely designed interior, but everything feels like a Fiesta. It looks nice, but feels like shit. Uh, the one positive thing I'll say about it is that the uh, CarPlay setup in it, it is perfect. It's like perfectly placed, and the screen is about the nicest I've ever seen. And then after that, they came and swapped it out with a CTS Sport, which is a lot more fun. Oh, is that what's out front right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy that car. Um, yeah, I got, a, I, got a, I'm like, I got an email. Do you want to drive the CTS-V again soon? And I was like, okay. Sure. So I get that in a couple weeks, too. I was like, I don't need to, but I'll figure something sure. out. Sure. Um, I'm going to rip through these questions lightning fast because we're taking way too many t- much time. Um, you know what? We're just going to do the Patreon questions tonight. Yeah. Because they're better than this is This else. is the official. They're better than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there weren't that many questions, and I'll try to answer them in typing fashion. Uh, Patreon. Robert Warzenek, my beater golf Mark II GTI is accumulating issues that exceed its value by far. Also, it is only reliable in summer. Uh, okay. I want to top. I want <laughs> he to top has a up, seasonal vehicle. So holes in the floor or something. And I want to top. And I want to top up the game of my Fiesta ST and could use the money. But I sort of like this flaming shit box, mostly because it's old and spits fire. Would you keep it? If you need the money, sell it. You can always find a Mark II GTI. That's not going to be a problem. And you could always yeah. make a car spit fire. Yeah, you could make your Fiesta do that. Yes. You, you if can. you need the money, sell it. If you don't need the money and you have space for it, keep it. Thank you, Dan, for the nice comment. that You didn't ask a question. Kevin Srage, Elon is asking about what features the Tesla pickup should have. Yeah. What suggestion do you have for it? How bad do you want one of those on your show? A Tesla pickup? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so bad. That'd be ratings gold. Yes. Every uh, every vehicle that comes out needs a roll cage. So could you imagine the shop that's got a Benson tube and stick it in the Tesla pickup? Nice. Um, I don't know what I would suggest to the pickup, but you got to make it. I mean, if you're if you're going to make it a real truck, it's going to have it's going to have outlets for you. Already said it's going to have it. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. But everybody know. was shitting on that on Twitter today. I'm sorry. I'm going to as well. He needs to make the fucking cars that he actually promised to right, make. Right. Like he needs to deliver cars that don't have quality assurance problems. Here's, up a, to here's fucking a vice God. episode. Go undercover as a Tesla employee. Oh, I would. I think there's a lot that. of nothing going on there with that. That whole espionage thing is is. Well, that's that's it a seems no. like that guy, guy is, is that terrible, guy is right? just a dick that's got an axe to grind. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I. This is like one of the rare times where I'm like, Tesla's definitely in the right here. <laughs> no, they are. I mean, but I, also like. Yeah. They need to actually deliver cars that don't well, just I saw fall two apart. friends on Twitter in a row when the question was, what do you want to see out of the truck from Elon? And two people responded, a $35,000 Model 3 yeah. was their answer. So there you go. Cars um, that just don't trap you in it or lock you out for four and a half hours on the top of Mount Wilson like nice. that happened to me. Well, That's it was your fault for going somewhere that didn't have cell coverage. Um, Ryan, Oh, Morris. they tried. They tried so hard to get that over the air like... Get I know. Nothing. You went somewhere where you didn't have coverage, so they, of course they couldn't remotely control it. Could you not drive a Model Three where you don't have cell coverage? No, you can. You but can. he got locked out, and then they couldn't get back in because he didn't have any coverage for them to connect to the car. The key and the car stopped working together, and just locked it out. It wasn't a Model Three; it was a Model S. Just a. 
Yeah. For sake of clarity. Ryan Morris, longtime listener, third time caller. Which 50s or 60s car would you like to see slammed on bags? I love the idea of the Continental from the movie Legend with a nice air set. Legend? Like Tom Cruise Legend? I don't know. That's a fairy tale movie. There's got to be a different legend. Isn't Legend the movie with the dude with the big horns, the red guy? Uh, oh no! You probably talk. Isn't there a Will Smith legend like where he fights zombies? You're thinking I no, am that's, legend. Oh. that's I am legend, and that was a GT500. No, I think we're all talking about different movies. Legend is a movie with Tom Cruise and a giant red guy with horns. Like he was made when he was like in his twenties. Yeah, I know what you're talking right? about. Right? Yeah. That's legend. I think so, yeah. yeah. So there's a different legend out there. Like, yeah. unlike As actors who out. can't have the same name, movies can have the same name. Um, too many. No, uh, so what, 50s or 60s? Car? I, I would love to see, like, a Riviera slammed. That'd be a nice one. Mm. Anything done with a Riviera is awesome. That's true. Yeah. I love those cars. I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Like, anything. Yeah. Dude, you know what would even be cool? is like an old Buick wagon slammed on bags. Yep. There's... Anything from the 50s and 60s slammed on bags is going to look good. More often than not. Think of yeah. anything. It's hard. It's, it's, I challenge you to think of something that won't look good from the 50s or 60s slammed on bags. You can't do it, bruh. All the trucks, all the cars, all the wagons, all the coupes will look dope as fuck. Even if they're on like original steel wheels. That'll even make it Because it's not like they're ever going to. What's that? Here's a 250 GTO. 60, dude, that would look rad as fuck. All the way on the ground? Yep. You know what I saw on the highway today? So I'm no like Tesla love boy. I saw a Model S with like a nice, um, like a really clean lowered look. It looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the wheels filled the gap perfectly. I was like, that is a good looking Model S. It's the first Model S I've ever seen where I was like, oh, hello. Oh, hello. Um, I, I, I like a Model S where they've just removed all the chrome accents and just covered it all. They can look very slick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Kelly doing another New England have beer meets. I probably not this coming year just because the schedule back there sucks. Ryan joined us um, like a year or two ago. I don't remember. I think it was last year uh, for some beers at a local place in New England. It was a lot of fun. I just don't think I have the time this year, unfortunately. My apologies. Jonathan, tell everybody where they can find you online. Um, I'm spouting off many things. Getting into fights with Bicycle Twitter. Oh, Yeah, that was fun. Um, at Jonathan underscore Klein at both Twitter and Instagram. And then I ramble on about cars, motorcycles, tattoos, sometimes on multiple outlets. If you ever have a fundraiser for yourself, you should call it the Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Patrick. Where can people find you? It's my yeah, GoFundMe. Uh, I'm uh, at James Patrick Costello on Instagram. Um, that's about it. Post stuff about trucks. And you could also find me on... Uh, well, you post whatever you the could... latest production is. What? You post whatever the latest the latest the, the latest yeah. production. I post a lot about trucks. Uh but uh yeah, check out uh Truck Nights in America. It's uh, it's on History Channel. We're off the air right now. It's successful first season, can but Can you uh, say premiere date for season 2 or can you? I can officially say that season 2 is casting right now. Okay. And uh um some of the uh uh, uh people in vehicles uh, season 2 like uh sequels in the films are bigger, badder and more sure. awesome. Sure. Um just more of everything. So that is the intention for a season 2 of Truck Night. Bigger, so, badder and more So more let me of get everything. this right. You're going to improve it. You're not planning on making it worse for the second year. 
<laughs> it could be worse, but it will be bigger and badder and 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 more yes. and more epic. And then you can also it's all spin it off. Also, like mini trucks. You can also yeah, spin it off to a college humor and truck nuts in America. Oh, there was there was a cast or there was a crew member that was obsessed with calling it truck nuts. We weren't sure what we were going to call it. Season one, he's like, dude, it's got to be truck nuts, dude. It, I, it's dude, objectively it's very funny. It's, it's amusing. It is. It is funny. And I, 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 I would have giggled. I would, I would circle back to Jonathan's comment about uh, uh, seeing hosts having a good time. I would say that of all the shows I've ever worked on, the hosts on Truck Night have the most fun. We have days off, and they can be found on site, like, welding shit and doing <laughs> stuff. I'm like, dude, you guys have the day off. They're like, this is what we do in our days off. <laughs> I mean, they, Wait, did you hire they Jesse? love it. Jesus. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Chris, uh, as usual, shout it out loud. If you want to do podcast stuff, go over to Shout Engine, and we'll take care of you as far as all the bandwidth and hosting and all that fun stuff goes. Uh, and then I don't participate in social media anymore because everybody in the world is awful. Good so true. It's I, awful. I'm just here. Uh, and if you would like to con- contact me, smoke signals or registered letter. Yes. Uh, you all know where to find me already, so I don't need to tell you. Um, yeah, there you go. That's fine. See you next week. <laughs>